0: This is Paranormal Tales from the Tower, the Morrow Castle. Eighty years after the new year erect, on September 7, 1934, another catastrophe took place on the strip of beach that now is Asbury Park. By this time, it was world famous as a playground and summer destination. 1934 was a bad year for most people. Then again, it was only one in a string of bad years. The Great Depression was in full swing, and Asbury Park was not immune to it. Luxury and relaxation was not high on most people's priority list. On top of it, prohibition was still being enforced. Times were tough, and there was not much to celebrate, unless, of course, you were a bit better off than most. The people who had just finished a junket to Havana on the Ward Line cruise ship, the SS Morrow Castle, could be forgiven for counting themselves among the fortunate on September 6, 1934. The SS Morrow Castle was a four-year-old beauty of a luxury liner. She had cost $1.1 million and had become a favorite slow cruise for the elite, shuttling them between New York and Havana. On September 7, 1934, she had 538 passengers and crew and was approaching the Jersey coastline on her return voyage from Cuba. On board were the revelers of all makes and sizes, from retirees and socialites to honeymooners and family vacationers. As was customary, there would be a last night of frivolity before the ship coasted smoothly into New York Harbor early in the morning of September 8th. Passengers, dressed in their finest, prepared for a final evening of partying. After all, the ship was still in international waters and therefore free from U.S. prohibition restrictions on alcohol. The lightheartedness was short-lived, however, as news of a tragedy was confirmed to the passengers. Captain Robert R. Woolmot was dead. He had collapsed and died in his cabin of an apparent heart attack. The news put a pall over the mood of the ship. The captain had been popular, and it did not seem fitting to celebrate at such a time. Unfortunately, this would not be the worst news that the passengers received that night. Early in the morning of September 8th, acting captain... Chief Officer William F. Barnes was made aware that a fire had broken out in the reading and writing room known as the library. Believing it to be a small fire, Barnes set out having his crew put the flames out. Unaware that the fire had spread to the holding areas below the library, this response to the fire was inadequate and sadly ended up being fatal. Having woefully underestimated the size and strength of the fire he was facing, Barnes was ill-prepared to respond to it. Within minutes of the initial alarm, flames and smoke chased each other through the corridors of the ship. The passengers, light-hearted holidaymakers, had been remiss in their attention to emergency training, as apparently had been the crew. While there were certain heroic actions made, the overall response to the rapidly tragic event proved to be completely confused and inadequate. The fire moved with such force and speed that the sailors and stewards had little recourse but to run about haphazardly screaming, warnings, and pounding on doors as they themselves attempted to escape the licking flames that engulfed the ship. Many were dead before they knew it, trapped below decks with no hope for escape. These unfortunates would have no opportunity to save themselves, no porthole to offer a glimpse of slim hope or survival. The descriptions of the conditions below deck after the fire was put out are almost impossible to read all the way through. Like many maritime disasters, the newspapers were filled with stories of heroism and heartbreak. There were mothers separated from children, husbands who tenderly handed things to wives and newlyweds who jumped hands-in-hands into the cold, churning waters to face their fate and their doom together. These all have a Hollywood ring about them, until you realize that they're all true. There are also stories of the heat and the bodies that littered the deck. Stories of inaptitude, like the delay in sending an SOS that from 85 years later seem unfathomable. Stories of lifeboats being released less than one-fifth full. It's a dramatic tale. But it is not simply a tale of a tragic accident. Almost immediately, fingers were pointed at the captain and crew, and several were found criminally responsible for the profound loss of life. Many believed it to be a case of scapegoating, as there had been a whole host of failures and inadequacies when it came to the safety of the ship. The convictions, in fact, were overturned, but the men were scarred nonetheless. There remains a question mark of the entire debacle that will never be resolved, One of the heroes of the day, a radio officer who stayed at his post, sending out SOS, even as his fingers burned, was suspected of not only setting the blaze initially, but also of having murdered Captain Wilmot. Wilmot's family never accepted the official finding of heart attack. They believed that he had been poisoned. The radio officer, George Rogers, basked in the initial praise after the tragedy. But that changed when he was accused of attempting to kill police officer Vincent Doyle. His method? Incendiary device. Doyle, severely disabled in the attempt on at his life, spent the rest of his life trying to prove that Rogers had set the fire of the Morrow Castle as well. Rogers was ultimately convicted of murdering a couple for their money and died in prison in 1954, leaving many questions unanswered. Many believe that the Morrow Castle disaster was not simply an accident of fate, but cold-blooded murder. When the SS Morrow Castle finally beached a smoking, smoldering wreck on the shores of Asbury Park, neatly between a jetty and Convention Hall, the story had only just begun. The bodies were still coming to shore, although some would be lost forever when the first dollar was made in this catastrophe. Tragedy became tourism very quickly with the SS Morrow Castle, The waning weeks in the summer of 1934 would have been difficult indeed for the vendors on Asbury Park's beaches and boards, had not fortune brought death to its shore. The local businesses saw a huge boon. Hot dog and ice carts popped up rather quickly. The heat from the fire was still causing the ocean to steam when the first postcards went to press. In fact, a postcard of the bodies being removed, faces covered, was one of the most popular cards of that summer. 137 people, including Captain Wilmot, lost their lives. The people of the Jersey Shore came out in droves to help. It took seven days to fully extinguish the fire. Hundreds of men answered the call to help survivors and finally to search and recover those who had perished. Those who answered the call would never forget the tragedy or the faces of those victims. Those horrific images would remain forever etched in their memories. On the other hand, the Morrow Castle was a godsend for some in Asbury Park and the Jersey Shore in general. Roads were widened and improved to accommodate the increase in traffic to see this morbid marvel. Hotels sold out and people paid to get closer to the wreckage. Some entrepreneurial soul charged $5 to reporters and VIPs to be swung over to the wreck on a pulley system. People paid 25 cents to get good positioning to see the more gruesome parts of the wreck. When the ward line initially made an overture to remove the wreck after the investigation, the city made a move to purchase it. When that failed, angry business owners tried to find a legal way to keep the wreck in Asbury Park it had become central to the economy of the city. Never mind, of course, that some of the cinders remaining in the belly of that beast were undoubtedly human remains. It's almost impossible today to understand how large an event this truly was. We look back on the immediate capitalization of tragedy and think perhaps this ghoulishness left a mark on Asbury Park. It has been said, after all, that Asbury Park was cursed. Might not this low-water mark have left some kind of karma dead. More than 250,000 people came to see the wreck of the new year in the first week. So if in fact Asbury Park entered into some kind of deal with the devil, it did not do it alone. It is true that Asbury Park has had some lean years since the Morrow Castle. Perhaps it's fitting that in in its resurgence of the city, a memorial has been erected to the victims of the SS Morrow Castle. As we have said before, tragic death leaves a mark on the environment, and there was certainly plenty to go around. Legend has it that when the bodies were taken off the ship or washed ashore, they were placed on the stage of the Paramount Theater. This 1,800-seat, newly restored venue was brand new in 1934, better suited for the follies than the gruesome staging of a morgue, but it was close and it was available. People would have needed a place to review remains and identify loved ones. Many of the bodies are buried in Mount Prospect Cemetery in Neptune, New Jersey. Today, the north beach of Asbury Park can seem a lonely stretch, although it's coming back. The boardwalk extends, but the life of it does not fully reach and follow. In summer months, it's beautiful. It's protected, where sunbathers, surfers, swimmers, and fishermen share the bounty that the spot has to offer. And yet... There's a forlorn quality to the beach. People will tell you that the ocean seems to let out a low moan on nights in September. Some will even say that they hear the creaking of the massive vessel that left its mark on the psyche of the Jersey Shore more than 85 years ago. It's a curious fact, perhaps unexplainable, that the Morrow Castle came to rest on a very specific patch of sand. After the fire had done its worst and after rescue vessels had reached her, the Morrow Castle was tethered to another vessel and they began to tow her to shore she was about eight miles out at sea off of Seagirt. however the heat from the fire and the strong winds from a storm out at sea snapped the tether lines and the morrow castle broke free without tether or captain nor any means of guidance the morrow castle sailed herself to her final spot Strange, indeed, that she drifted precariously between the jetty and the building, as if she intended to come ashore. Stranger still, there is something very peculiar about the spot where the Morrow Castle came to rest, after drifting without direction for hours. Something strange that it would come to rest on exactly that spot. For under the hulking, smoldering metal of the luxury liner, beneath the sand, very deep in the shifting and unforgiving sand, is the remains of that other ship, the new era. In fact, if you dig, if you could, you might very well find the ancient wood of that ship as well. Not many years ago, a local historian dedicated to the preservation of our local history launched his own expedition to discover what remained of that doomed immigrant ship. Not too far off the shore of Asbury Park and Deal, his team came upon the anchor of the new era. He reclaimed it from the sand, and now it sits on the front lawn of a house of worship in Norwood Avenue in Allenhurst, a memorial to the tragic loss of lives of over 150 years ago. There's been no major film made about the Morrow Castle, but still here in Asbury Park, we remember it. We commemorate its loss each year in September. As the summer turns into the fall and as Labor Day rolls around, we invariably remember the past and the loss of life that brought life to Asbury Park in 1934. If you ever find yourself wandering through Asbury Park in September, enjoying the beautiful beach, the weather, the sea, the sand, and all of the things that this wonderful city has to offer, just pause for a moment and remember that on one day in September of 1934, fate came to Asbury Park and took with it 137 lives. Stop by the memorial and just give them a moment of silence. Just remember. Because whether or not ghosts exist and whether or not they walk, the past continues to haunt us. And as long as we continue to respect it and remember it, we can be at peace with those spirits. You've been listening to Paranormal Tales from the Tower. I'm Kathy Kelly. Thank you for listening.